0: Song. Love the hymns. Anybody else love the hymns? Oh, I love those. Brother Toby, thank you so much. This morning we have great privilege. Oh, by the way, it was Galatians 6:9. You know, I had you turn there and then I didn't read it. It's Galatians 6:9. You can look it up on your own. Today we got the great privilege of one of our very own. Since Pastor Daniels out of town. This morning, we get to hear the word as released through our very own brother, Pastor Vince. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Pastor. Praise God. Remain standing. Open your Bibles to Joshua chapter 7. Bless the Lord. It is well with my soul. Whoa. How y'all doing out there this morning? Praise God. Praise God. I don't know. My my notes have went somewhere. Um, (laughs) Ababa. They used to be here, praise the Lord. What to do when your notes disappear? Pray. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. They came back. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are reading Joshua chapter 7 verses 10 through 29. The Lord said to Joshua, Stand up. What are you doing down there on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant which I commanded them to keep. They have taken... Some of the devoted things they have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possessions. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They turn their backs and run because they have been made liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. Whoa. Go consecrate the people. Tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. There are devoted things among you, Israel. You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove them. In the morning, present yourselves tribe by tribe. The tribe the Lord chooses shall come forth clan by clan, the clan the Lord chooses shall come forward family by family and the family the Lord chooses shall come forward man by man. Whoever is caught with the devoted things shall be destroyed by fire along with all that belongs to him. He was, he has violated the covenant of the Lord and has done an outrageous thing in Israel. Early in the morning, Joshua had Israel come forward by tribes And Joshua, and excuse me, and Judah was chosen. The clans of Judah came forward, and the Zerahites were chosen. He had the clan of the Zerahites come forward by families, and Zimri was chosen. Joshua had his family come forward, man by man, and Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, the tr- of the tribe of Judah, was chosen. Then Joshua said to Achan, my son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and honor him. Tell me what you have done; do not hide it from me. Achan replied, "This is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I have done. When I saw the plunder, when I saw in the plunder a beautiful robe from Babylonia." 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels. I coveted them and took them. They are hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. So Joshua sent messengers and they ran to the tent. And there it was hidden in his tent with the silver underneath. They took the things from the tent Brought them to Joshua and the Israelites and spread them out before the Lord. Then Joshua, together with all Israel, took Achan, son of Zer- Zerah, the silver, the robe, the gold bar, his sons and daughters, his cattle, donkeys, and sheep, his tent, and all that he had to the valley of Achor. Joshua said, Why have you brought this trouble on us? The Lord will bring trouble on you today. Then all Israel stoned him, and after they had stoned the rest, they burned them. Over Achan they ha- they heaped a large pile of rocks, which remains to this day. Then the Lord turned from his fierce anger. Anger, therefore, <laughs> that place has been called the Valley of Achor, even um, excuse me, ever since. Father, we thank you for your word. Let it be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Let it reveal your will for our lives today and every day that we walk in it, God. May we walk closer to you. May we be conformed to the very image of your Son, Christ Jesus, in every way that we possibly can. Hallelujah. Would you extend your hands toward me? Father, I ask that the Holy Spirit would come upon me, Lord, with power, that I would preach your word, God, with authority, Lord, and it would be understood, Lord, by all those that are here, Lord, and engrafted into their lives, Lord, and change everything. I ask you to bless this congregation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, Thank you. Praise the Lord. I have an iPad here, and I still have to pull out my glasses because I still can't read it without them. Praise the Lord. I did pretty good in the thing because I blew it up a little bit. So praise God. But my notes, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. You know, in this life, you'll remember the victories that God has given you. You know, I told in the first service about, uh, you know, the unexpected victory is the one that's best. You know, because, um, you know, how many people have messed up stuff and God fixed it? And I remember, man. I remember. Thank God for a God who covers. You know, I remember when my mother came to visit me one time in Hawaii. It was the first time she ever got in a plane in her whole life. I think it had something to do with where I lived. And, so, and she, she came to Hawaii, and she spent two weeks, probably, you know, a little over two weeks with us, me and Ava and I. And this is, this is shortly after we had gotten married. And uh, my mother came, and um, she was greatly affected by what she saw in my house. Now, you got to understand, my mother was, it was a Presbyterian, and I was raised in Presbyterian church. And Presbyterians, you know, we, we preach, you know, for 30 minutes. That is the entire service. You know, the, the message is about 15 minutes long. We sing one song. If we really feel spiritual, it's two. And uh, the pastor will cut his message to adjust for the extra song. Praise God. Anybody here used to be Presbyterian? Hallelujah. You know what I'm talking about. It's pretty uniform across the country. You know, so in that, they would pull off Sunday school and everything else in, uh, in that half-hour service. I, I don't know how they did it. Praise God. But, um, but anyway my mother was a deacon in a Presbyterian church and um, she served there many years and just by going to church on Easter and Christmas you can miss all the other days in between and still be a deacon if you made it on Easter and Christmas praise the Lord and it, it was just an amazing organization you know <laughs> So when my mother came to visit me, you know, I've been radically saved, you know, um, in, a, in a church. I walked in the back of a church. God began to speak to me. And the very next, that was on a Palm Sunday, 1986. And then on Palm Sunday, 1980, on Easter Sunday service, 1986, a, a friend of my wife's had invited her to their Easter Sunday service. And it was a very on fire, spirit filled, tongue talking, Bible believing church. And I just stood there, I was new to, to Christ, and I didn't know what was going on, but I, I, I felt God for the first time in my life, and it was just amazing. And so it's cool. So here I am, I'm, I'm newly, I'm one week old in the Lord, and I got radically saved. And I was in that church 13 years. When I was in the church, that's when my mother came to visit Ava and I. So she came and she stayed with us for, you know, for a period, just over two weeks. And so we were just, you know, we just lived life in the front of her. And, you know, me and, my, me and my wife got in an argument. It was my fault. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's always my fault. Praise the Lord. And you say, well, you know, I like, like, wow, you, you really believe it was your fault? Yeah. I'm going to tell you why, because it takes two to tango. And so I had something to do with it. It was my fault. You know, so, you know, I've come to realize, you know, that, and I've lost every argument for 33 years. It'll be 33, we got married. it'll be 33 on July 20th of, of this year, coming up. We always spend our wedding anniversary dip netting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, praise God. <laughs> we can't wait, you know, it's like, it's amazing, you know. <laughs> but anyway, my mother left at the end of that time, you know, she was smoking, she was drinking, but I told her she couldn't drink in my house. And so while she was there for them whole two weeks, she didn't drink. I told her, if you want to drink, I'll take you someplace you go drink. I'll come back and pick you up when you call me. I said, but you will not drink on my hu- in my house. I said, you won't smoke in my house. I said, if you want to smoke, we was on a big plot of land that belonged to the church. And there was a, she could walk up to the front of the property and smoke. I told her that. You know, and so she, while she was in my house, she didn't smoke. It was amazing, as long as I've known her since I was little. As a matter of fact, I, I got my first cigarette out of her purse. You know, I smoked for 17 years and God delivered me. Hallelujah. Um, but anyway, when my mother left, you know, I was thinking and feeling like a failure because I had had this big argument with my wife while my mom was there, And I go, Jesus, I, you know, I failed you. You know, I really wanted my mom to be impacted by the, by the gospel. Two weeks after she left, my mother wrote me a letter. And she said, I can tell that you have changed by the way that you fight with your wife. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I was like, "I was like, what? She wrote me a letter. I mean, it, it was crazy. But you know what? It liberated me and set me free that, you know, that God was greater than my mistakes. You know, and there's an amazing thing. You know, because of the way that that I that I fought, you know, I didn't use bad language. You know, I didn't I didn't use you know words that 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 accused my wife of not having the character of a child of God. You know, it was probably some foolish thing about peanut butter or toothpaste, something <laughs> crazy. You know, real important issues. You know, but um, but my mother was impressed by it. And from that day, for, I just want you to know that it affected change in my mother so much so that she started going back to church. And, you know, a couple of years after she started going back to church, she she quit smoking. And then a couple of years after that, she she quit drinking. You know, and it was, it was an amazing thing. And then before my mother died, I mean, you know, probably three years before we died, you know, we would be talking to each other on the phone and she, we would be talking about God. And we'd be talking about what was in the Bible and how to apply it to people's lives and what was going on. She was asking me questions. It was wild. It was wow, what God had done. Totally reversed, you know. It's, it's a total reversal of what I thought would happen when my mother seen me and my wife argue, you know. And so my mother came back to God in sincerity, not in some religious duty. And it was because, you know, because I aligned myself to the Lord. It's an amazing thing what God will do to you. He'll do for you when you align yourself up to him. Yeah. You know, sometimes we, we do things and, and we have, when we're supposed to win, and then we end up losing. And that is terrible. That is crazy. And that's where we find this story. Joshua had attacked, um, Joshua and the people of Israel had attacked um, Jericho. And they marched around the city seven times. And God did a miraculous victory for them. One that they had very little to do with. And you knew it was God. Because they just walked around the city seven times. One time a day for seven days. And then on the seventh day, they walked around it seven times. And they shouted and the walls came down. Wow. And you know what? People was inside of Jericho for a few minutes. They had knew. That it was God that destroyed them, not the, not Joshua and his army. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't do anything. They didn't use a battering ram or some top secret weapon. Outside, it was God, yeah. and that the walls fell down. Yeah. You know, um, I remember seeing a show on television where they, where they talked about Jericho, because they had, they didn't think the story in the Bible was true. But Jericho is one of the most destroyed cities in the world. And because it's in a land where it's the most earthquakes in the world. Okay, so earthquakes are commonplace. And so, but this is what they, they didn't think that Jericho existed in in that, um, in the form that that Joshua and his army had destroyed it until one archaeologist dug. And he dug down under the city and found out they had built the Jericho that was, that was present day on top of the Jericho that had been destroyed. And you go, wow, because this is amazing how you build a city on top of a city. And this is the thing is why they were able to do it. Because for some reason, against scientific law and averages and everything else, that they found that all the walls of the city had fallen inward, okay? And it was like, whoa, that was something. The second thing that they found was the last thing they found in the history books of that time period was the fact that they were were surrounded by Joshua and his army. And so, you know, I remember that. That's the way I remember it. You know, you have to do the research to find out if it's true or not, and check it out before I get, but that's the way I remember the story. Of, of what happened to Jericho, okay? And so, and that fit with what the Bible says. You know, archaeology and science always prove what God's word says. Never disproves it. It's, in our opinion, there, no, no facts, no truth about it, that there is no God, that all this happened by happenstance, which is absolutely ridiculous. OK, every other scientific thing that they ever do, they find a reason this makes sense. This makes block. You look at a human being, you can say that there's nothing inside a human being that's random. Everything is necessary. Everything is juice. My wife has a favorite saying, why ain't your nose on your forehead or your ear where your lips are? <laughs> Anybody looking at the human body can tell that it's intricately designed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just like you would look at a building and say, wow, it just fell out the sky. Ha! Ah! Somebody built that building. Just the same way you look at the human body and you say, somebody made that. That's right. yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, praise God. What was I saying? Why I'm telling you all that is because the Bible is true. And it, and, um, and regardless of what television says or science says, the Word of God is real, and it works. March around the city seven times a shout. Obedience to God brings miracles, yeah. signs, and wonders. Yeah. All right? Hallelujah. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. And, you know, Joshua walked around the city. So, man, they came up against Ai, which wasn't very fortified. They didn't have a very large army or anything, and they sent 3,000 people to attack this little city, and they expected to win what happened was, is they when they attacked, they got beat up. They they ran back. Thirty six of them died. Three thousand people. Thirty six people died, and they was running, turned their backs on the enemy, and ran from them. Do you know we're not supposed to run? We're supposed to stand and fight. I see. No- the only thing we ever are told to flee in the Bible is youthful lust. Otherwise, we stand and fight. And I think there might be a passage about running from your wife. But, but (laughs) brother. Hey, freeze gun. (laughs) So they suffered a a, a horrible defeat where they should have won. You know, I was fired one time from a job. Y'all ain't going to believe this. I go to get a job. And my wife You know what she tells me? Now, this is totally different than what you would hear in any, you know, ghetto story. A story, you know, about black people where the wife tells the husband that he shouldn't take a job. I ain't never heard that before, ever, okay? Don't take that job, it ain't right for you. You know, you you, you just got to wait for something else. But, you know, they offered me a job. And it had benefits, medical benefits and everything. I wanted to take care of my family. It was a good motive and everything. But my wife told me not to take it. And I took it anyway. So anyway, a few months after that, I get, I get fired. And when I got fired, I didn't get mad at the people that fired me. I didn't get upset with them because they let me go. I said, I got fired. I ain't going to tell you why, but it, it wasn't a bad thing. When I got fired, And I looked up to God, and I said, this ain't got nothing to do with these people. This is something between me and you. Help me straighten this out. You know, and God did. After I got fired, Ava tell you, the first thing she told me was, you need to hearken unto the voice of your wife. Okay. (laughs) The second thing she told me true to character was, you got to get a job. (laughs) And she told me, she said, go down to TSA and apply for the job at the airport. I went, I took my resume, I got all my stuff together and being an obedient husband like I was, I went down to the TSA to take the test and they told me the test was over. It was closed and they weren't taking any more applications. I said, okay, so I I was driving on the way home because I know what she's going to say. So being a brave man of God that I am, no fear of man, I called her on the phone. (laughs) You know? (laughs) And I said, honey, they told me they're not taking applications anymore. Then my wife rises up in some kind of godly authority and says they are taking applications. Turn that car around and go back to that TSA office and turn in your application. I said, yes, (laughs) ma'am. I did. I turned the car around. I went back to the place where they were, they, were, they were taking applications. I turned the application, and there was somebody different sitting at the desk. And I said, this is an application." She said, oh, thank you, sir. And she said, we'll be in contact with you. I said, "What?" No. That's weird. So, you know, I called my wife on the phone on the way home. And she said, what happened? I said, well, they took my application." <laughs> I'm a, one of these days. I'm gonna leave her alone. Okay, I'm just let her have her way. Uh, a week later, they call me. I go in and take a test. A test that this is when TSA first started, and this was the first group of people that they hired when they came to Hawaii. Okay, so right in the middle of that, all them hiring people and stuff. I came in I took the test, and. Um, And there were six people. There were, I don't know, there was maybe uh, 20-something people in the room. Out of 20-something people, they separated out of six people. Okay. And then, out of six people, they only hired one person. Out of the six people that passed the test, they hired the person that scored the highest on the test. Wow. You know. It was me. But again, God gave me victory because I obeyed the voice of my wife. Um, Maybe. I'd rather charge hell with a water pistol than mess with that thing over there. Woo! Jesus, no, hallelujah, help me. I ain't going home without a job. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but praise God, hallelujah, all the beta voice of God, hallelujah. I don't even know why I told y'all that. But anyway, <laughs> Jericho had suffered a horrible victory, you know. They got they messed up. They're not Jericho, Joshua had suffered a horrible He laid down before the Lord and was crying out to God. And that's where we step in in our verses where Joshua Where God came and said to Joshua, stand up. What are you doing? You know, and then told him the reason why everything messed up. Israel had entered Canaan's land and defeated Jericho, but then sin has been committed. And sin brought about defeat. Achan is found to be one of those, to be the one who broke the covenant by taking that which belonged to the Lord. Don't take what belongs to God. Amen. It's a sin. And how do you know what sin is? Unless you read the word of God. Because you might be thinking it's okay to do what you want to do. And to be the way you want to be. You know, it's an Adam's family kind of attitude. You know, do what you want to do. Say what you want to say me. Work when you want to work, play when you want to play. Adam's family. do not y'all. Hallelujah. Praise God. Achan is found to be the one who broke the covenant by taking that which belonged to God. Achan and his family and all he had was destroyed. And then they got victory over Aon. So it's a trip. It's like God said, get rid of what is destroying you. Get it out of your camp. Get it away from you. When you take care of that, then the victory is going to return to you and be yours. Wow. Whoa. What's destroying me? How do I get rid of what's destroying me? You know, for 17 years, I smoked. You know, and then one day, you know, after a basketball game, I was spitting up some black stuff and decided what I was doing was destroying me. Right. Ignored the package that said this is hazardous to your health. <laughs> we don't read the fine print, even when it's right there, just like this I mean this package. It used to say maybe, but now if you read the side of a package of a cigarette, it says it is hazardous to your health. And so, after smoking enough of those, and I guess I'm spitting up black stuff, you know, after a while, I quit smoking. And God gave me strength to do that. And um, also, you know, quit drinking. Here I am. I'm going to church. You know, I'm a new Christian. You know, and Friday night, I'm in the bar, playing pool and having a few. And My wife, you know, she, she's telling me what I'm doing is wrong, and it's not right. When I'm going to learn, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so the wife is always right, by the way. Praise God. And, um, but finally, God got a hold of me, and I remember sitting at, at, at a lodge. And in that lodge, you know, I'm having lunch, and I'm, I'm drinking the Lorne Brow Dark. And I got a couple of sips into the Lorne Brow Dark, and I heard God's voice clearly. He said, "Put it, put it, he said, you don't need that anymore. And I put that thing down and slid it across the bar like, away from me and said, I don't need that anymore. It is so good when you get in agreement with God. Yes. Yes. Amen. Something happens, man. There will a, a, be a release of power in your life like you've never experienced it before. As soon as you get in agreement with God. So. Let's try to understand Achan's sin because it'll help us with ours. So Jericho was the first city conquered. But in Joshua six seventeen we read that the city was devoted to the Lord. That none of the cities that they would conquer was under this ban. Jericho was the only city that was devoted to the Lord. The city, by what it means by the city is the city and everything in it. Everything was God. He told Joshua, and Joshua told his people, don't take nothing from Jericho. All the rest of the cities of Canaan that they would take, the, the Lord gave them the plunder. They could have it all. He didn't want none of it. He gave it all to them. But he said, Jericho, don't touch anything in that city. Destroy it. Dedicate it unto me and burn it with fire. Wow! Come on. Okay. Sacrifice it to me. So Jericho was God's because of this principle. The principle of first fruits and the tithe. Amen. Okay, the first fruits and the tithe. So first fruits and the tithe have a common origin in that we belong to God. The first fruits and the tithe define each other. Look in Second Chronicles chapter 31, verses 4 and 5. Second Chronicles 31, 4 and 5. It says, He ordered the people living in Jerusalem to give the portion due the priests and the Levites So that they could devote themselves to the law of the Lord. As soon as the order went out, the Israelites generously gave the first fruits of their grain, new wine, olive oil, and honey, and all that the fields produced. They were an agricultural society. All that they made was the first of all that they made was dedicated to God they bought in they bought a great amount a tithe of everything so then they go and tell you how much they bought from their fields good, right? everybody bought a tithe of what they made Amen. the first things are always God yeah, so God says you know dedicate unto me your firstborn children yeah. you dedicate them unto me Okay, that's in the Old Testament. You read it. The first one belongs to me. You raise them with the rest of the kids, but understand that that first one is mine. Yeah. Right. All right. And so always, you know, when you do a harvest, you know, when you, when you, when you harvest the field, he said, take one-tenth, the first one-tenth of what you get and you bring it to me. It's mine. And so in other words, you know, they just made a big bonfire and they brought, who does that? You know, but a lot of the times they gave a lot of what they had to the Levites, because the Levites were, were taking care, of, that's what they were supposed to do with it, bring it to the house of God, right? And so the Levites would when Jews did a lot of stuff, like there was burnt offerings, the Levites would then take it and do what God had told them to do with it. You know, a certain amount went to burnt offerings and all that kind of thing, like that. You know, they had grain offerings, they had wheat offerings, they had all kind of things. Okay, but A tithe is a tenth. That's what the word means, a tenth. So you bring the first fruits or one-tenth of what you get. I I um, I saw a preacher on television one time have 10 $100 bills. And he handed the stack to one of the guys that worked for him. I guess he was working for him. I don't think he would just hand it to somebody from Cleveland expecting him to still be standing there when he finished his illustration. So he handed it to a guy. <laughs> Y'all got to laugh. It was a joke. Okay. <laughs> he handed it to a guy and he says, in that stack of 10 $100 bills, which $100 bill is the tithe? And, and this is how he explained it. He said, the first one that you get, take off the stack, that's the tithe. None of the rest of the nine was the time the first one was the time and so i'm in a habit when we get when we get paid that first thing we do if we are going to write a check or, or send a text or use the app you know first thing that goes out is the 10% you know it's it's grown more than that plus our offerings you know we 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 do that first you know and god showed up for us in some great and miraculous way you know, I'm third generation alcoholic, okay. So that means, let me explain it to you, that my grandmother and grandfather were alcoholics. My mother and my father were alcoholics. I'm talking about grandparents on both sides, my father's side and my mother's side, alcoholics. My mother and my father, alcoholics. So here I am, third generation, you know, and I'm drinking. You know, and I'm getting drunk, and I, I got a good propensity for it. And um, and I'm supposed to be bound by alcohol, but you know, there was something different I noticed between my two Presbyterian sisters. God help me, my youngest my youngest sister is coming. She's only a year younger than me. my My youngest sister, in about a my wife says she's about an inch taller than me, but I maintain that my my little sister has never been taller than me. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) (laughs) My little sister's coming. She will be here July what? She'll be here July 12th. She'll be here July 12th, first time in Alaska, and we're going to have three weeks for God to minister to her to to get her out of the Presbyterian mode. (laughs) Hallelujah. Into the Pentecostal. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. God's going to help her. She's going to stop being a priester Hallelujah. <laughs> and come to church. And God's going to use her. God. To not tithe and give the first fruits is to not is to deny who God is. Right. Who is God in your life? You know, we call him Lord, we call him Savior, we call him Creator. Amen. Who is God in your life that you would deny him when he says bring all the tithe into the storehouse? Yeah. All right, that there might be food in my house and see if i will open up the windows of heaven yeah. and pour you out such a blessing yeah. that there's not room enough for you to contain it. That's right. And you go, wow, I can't really afford the tithe. I've heard this saying, and I believe it. The only people that can't afford to tithe are people who don't tithe. You know, I've seen people get blessed by God. And I've seen them, God, you know, richly bless them. Give them jobs, they come, Pastor, I need a job, pray for me. But they get a job, and you don't see them no more. You know, they just disappear into their job. You know, sometimes, you know, while they ain't had so much in so long, they go and buy a car. You know, a car they can't afford. All right, and they go and they get their brand new car, and they, they drive it to church once and show it to everybody. Look how God's blessed me. Ain't returned the tithe to God. You know, but God still blessed them. And I'm like, wow, they, people go and, and buy, instead of buying a 25-inch or a 30-inch or a 45-inch, Television, they buy a the hundred and eight inch television and make payments on it. Right. And so they go, I got a job, I got promoted, but I don't have no money. And I can't return the tithe to God because if I did, people would come after me. Okay, now wait a minute. God blessed you, and because you didn't get, you didn't put God blood God first, now you're in a worse predicament than you were before you got the job. Because you decided not to let God be Lord over the 90 by giving, returning to him as 10. I've seen that happen too many times. Oh, I get promoted on my job. Oh, ain't seen them since. Praise the Lord. It's not a problem for me. It's a problem for them. Because you, you bring a curse on your life. You bring a curse on your family. And it's, it's going to hurt them. So as the result, wait a minute, to not to tithe, give the first fruits is to say one is backslidden. That's the word that goes in the right, backslidden. You really slide away with God when when God blesses you and you still won't tithe. Now God's a blesser. He's going to do his job. But let me caution you in this. You say, because God is good, you know, he don't really care about the tithe because he keeps blessing me. I'm going to tell you this. One day, you'll find yourself in front of the judgment seat. And it ain't called the judgment seat for nothing. <laughs> you'll be up there and God will be saying, give an account. See that term, account? Give an account of what you did or what I gave you. Remember the, those stewards that God talks about that he gave one five, he gave another ten, and they came back, and they increased their, their earnings. And then they have one that buried it in the ground and stuff. And it wasn't so good for the one that buried it in the ground. Right. The one that other ones got blessed. See, you got to be steward, good steward of what God gives you. Right. He's going to come, and there's going to be a day of reckoning. Yeah. That's another accounting term. Okay, it's going to be a reckoning. He's going to look at the books and see what, it, see what you did or what he gave you. Praise the God. He's a good God. He's going to be good. Hallelujah. So praise the Lord. Now, this is the result of aching sin. And maybe we can learn from this. Israel lost in battle. And you'll go to battle and you'll lose and you wonder why. You remember when I lost that job? I knew where the problem was at, Jack. It ain't had nothing to do with them people and stuff. Because God is the God over my life, not them. They had nothing to do when I, I'm working there or not, okay? Something happened between me and God. There was a disconnect with me and God that took me out of the, of the umbrella of his protection and allowed people to fire me. You know, if God want me out of a job, what he'll do is move me, okay? But I don't get fired. I knew something was wrong about that. I said, you know, God, I represent you. I know you won't want me to get fired, you know? And so I said, God, what happened? You know, and it's almost like he was saying, you forgot me, man. You got the job. I blessed you. You start working at nights. Now you don't come to prayer. You're not reading your word like you used to. da 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 da, da. So I had to remove that thing I blessed you with. Wow. And you should have listened to your wife when she told you about that. You should have trusted me, you know. So, you know, no, that set me up. Because after that is when I got the TSA job. Okay, and I, I listened to God and did not ignore what my wife told me to do. Amen. I learned my lesson. Some of us need to learn some lessons. I'm going to tell you what happened. I, man, you should have seen me on the next job when I walked in for the interview for that job, knowing I had been fired from my last job. Now, you talk about anointing. You're talking about God being with you the favor God on you. Amen. I walked into that room and I sat down, and you know, the guy was saying, what happened at your last job? This was the owner, it was a private company. The guy was the owner, he said, what happened at your last job? I said, listen to me, this is, this is weird. It's like Joshua walking around seven times almost. I said, my wife told me not to apply for that job. And I applied for it anyway. And then I ended up pushing buttons. Now I'm talking about a cell phone company, right? So, you know, Electronics was my thing. And I said I couldn't keep my hands off a button, so I, I pressed a button and you know and computer came on and it and they, they charged me with hacking the secretary's computer. That's a whole nother testimony in itself. So, don't worry about it. They had stuff that was on the computer that scared the snot out of them. And just because I activated and showed the last time I activation, they said who did it? I said, I did it. And I got fired for hacking the computer. Then the security code went on it. You know what it says put in a security code? And sometimes if you hit enter, it'll just open up if they never really had a real security code. So I hit enter and it opened up. And so When the secretary came in, she said somebody had accessed my computer, so I got fired for hacking her computer, which didn't have a security guard, didn't need hacking. Okay, so that was that case. All right, but anyway, what happened was when I went and got the TSA job, I was working at TSA for 30 days, okay? And and, um, from the TSA, I'm working at TSA, and I'm working at the cell phone company because I needed both incomes. Okay, the people at the, in, at the cell phone company were saying that, that they were laying everybody off. And I was nowhere on the hierarchy of seniority, so I knew I was gone. And they said, well, you know, we're laying you off. I don't know anybody else they told they was laying off except for me. At the very same time that they telling me they're laying off, Ava's at a prophetic conference. The, one of the prophets stopped her. The prophets who run our church in Dallas um, came in with Jones. DeWitt stops Ava and says, where's your husband? And he says, well, he he couldn't come. He had to work. And then he starts prophesying about me getting a promotion. Okay, so she comes back and tells me, you know, I went to Maui to the prophetic conference for me to get a word for me. Then I got a word for you. And it was that you was getting promoted. So I go to work after hearing this wonderful word, and they tell me I'm being laid off. (laughs) Okay. So now I'm at work at TSA, and this guy is working on the machines. I go and talk to the guy that's working on the machines, and I was just telling him, because, well, I was a trained electronic technician from the Navy. So I was telling him, I, I can see what you're doing here, and I can see that this works like this. And the guy just looks at me because he said, You know what you're talking about. I told him, I said, I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know? And he says, You know what? My boss is coming. We interview somebody, he says, you know, if he's got the time, i might to have him stop in and talk to you. I said, yeah, that's fine. So he ended up, make a long story short, he ended up, he didn't hire the guy that he came here to interview. He talked to me, and the very next week, one week from that day, I get an offer from this guy. Now, I don't even have my TSA uniform. I don't, you know, I'm working in black pants and a white shirt because they've ordered, my shoes just came. Okay, but I don't have pants and a shirt and stuff, and, um, and I'm feeling giving them my 30-day notice. Because this guy offered me a job that paid what my job at TSA and my job at the cell phone company where, where I was gonna be laid off combined. Wow. I'm working one job. Oh, it gets sweeter than that, Jack. Because the job only requires me to come to the airport to work on the machines if something breaks. Right. And I go, wait a minute. I don't have to come to work, but I'm getting paid full time? Says, yeah, unless your beeper goes off. We had beepers back then. Unless your beeper goes off, you don't, you don't have to come to work. I said, what? What the, what? <laughs> I was like, sign me up. So I got this job. Now I'm working at this job for a whole year and the secretary of the whole company calls me from Dallas and says, would you turn in a job application? And I go, what? She says, we don't have an application on file for you. You've been working with us for over a year, and we don't, just fill one out. It's only formality, you already got the job. (laughs) You know, and I was like, whoa. And it was true, I didn't. What is God doing for you? You know, this is all a result, and I believe that I know of me tithing. That God would show up and do great and mighty things like that for me. You know, he was working with Joshua and the crew, and he was saying, Man, I'm gonna give you houses you did not build, vineyards you did not plant, and so forth and so on. Just like Pastor Daniels was saying, I'm giving you the land flowing with milk and honey. God's trying not trying to get the tithe from you, He's trying to get the blessing of heavens to you. My goodness. He's looking down at him and saying, work with me, people. Work with me. Yeah. Oh, God, I need this. I, don't have this. I don't have enough. I know how that is. You know what I'm saying? I'm not making fun of anybody. I understand how that is. But, man, when I started tying, then God just started blessing my socks off. And I, you know, I'm just like, wow, I have no other explanation than the time. Right. It's crazy because it happened. All this stuff started happening when I started giving. I mean, God will give you the means to defeat what's in your life that destroys you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he's saying. He said, man, bring all the ties into the storehouse. See if I won't open up the window's of heaven." And then it goes on and says, for a dime on a dollar, I'll beat the destroyer up. I'll beat the one that comes in and tries to destroy you, kill and steal from you. He says, I'll whoop him up and down. And your, your 90 will be blessed. It'll go farther than your 100. And I'm always working for you. If somebody comes up to you and takes you to court and you can't afford a lawyer, I will still step into, the clad, step into that courtroom. I'm the judge. I've seen that happen so many times. I, I just can't tell you all the times that, that God stepped in a courtroom for me. One of the richest people on the island of Kauai, small island, sued Ava and I For our security deposit. It was just it was stupid weird. Okay, we're like, what? We lived with this lady for what, three years? Something like that? It was crazy. I'm like, she lived upstairs. And she tried to keep little me security deposit. I'm not telling, I'm not telling you. This is is not a lie. This is the God's honest truth. Flint opened the telephone book under the attorney section and did this. And landed on the attorney, on a, excuse me, on the attorney, on an attorney that was always at odds with the people that were trying to sue us. Wow. That man said, "You know what?" He said, "Give me a retainer of one hundred dollars." And he says, "And then have no communication with them." Amen. He said, "If there's anything else that happens, let them come through me. Don't you go to them about nothing. I'll take care of this." Like, what, 30 days later, the guy sent us back a check for like 30-something, 40-something dollars and said, I haven't heard from them. I consider this matter closed. Come on. And he said, if it should come back again, just, reach, you know, just connect back. We found the one lawyer on the whole island just by doing this in the attorney book that, that they feared. One guy, he said, he told us, he said, they do not want to deal with me. He said, he told us that in his office while we were sitting there. Yeah. They do not want to deal with me. He said, and they didn't. Evidently, he was right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. So look, you know, Israel lost in battle. The others were affected negatively. His whole family, you know, was affected negatively and his whole his whole people group was affected negatively. What you do affects everybody that you're, you're, you're involved with. Everybody. A curse was on Achan and his family that produced death. Oh, my goodness. I don't want to do nothing that would cause one of my family to be messed up. You know, I want to be a blessing. That's why it hit me so hard when I argue with Ava in front of my mom. You know, but then God covered me. It's crazy. You know, this morning, I don't know if you noticed who was in the drum cage. Come on. You know. Carry on my wayward son. Don't cry no more. Was in the drum cage playing drums with Brother Toby. God. Come on. Oh! Whoa! Hey. All my kids and all my grandkids were in church this morning. God. At my church. Hey. Sava! Hey! The curse is broken and nobody in my family is dying and going to hell. Amen. They're all passing on to heaven. God. Thus saith the Lord. And one of the reasons is because I obey him in the in tithe and anything that comes in my family, to kill, to steal, and destroy, because I give God a dime on a dollar, he just whoops up on it, tears it up, defeats it, hallelujah, and I get to walk in the victory. Hey. Tell the devil all the time, you ain't got to deal with me but him. <laughs> he, he don't like people when they mess with me. So what? So even if what you have done has caused a whole bunch of mess. When the devoted thing is given to God, then victory is the result. God's word goes forth. You don't think people heard about me being sued on that small little island, and how God intervened with me? Other people were going like, whoa, is that person. Oh man, he's gone, and he's black too. He ain't got a chance. (laughs) Hey! But my God, Hallelujah! God's blessing is on the time. You got to understand that God's blessing is on the time. You return to Him what is His, and He takes care of what is yours. You will be blessed, and the devourers rebuked. I love that. Whatever comes in and tries to kill, steal, and destroy, God will. When the death angel comes, God will put a cease and desist order on him. I can't tell you how many people have come in this church busted and disgusted, messed up, tore up from the floor up, messed up from the neck up, and God has, as they allowed God to bring them to a place of righteousness where God defeated the enemies of their life. I can't tell you, man. Ivan Tate is a crazy man. That man, when, when my kids was having trouble in their marriage, that man came and stood on here and out of the blue. He's just like it didn't even fit with the situation and the circumstance, he just went up and said, nobody in here is getting a divorce. Right. And my family's marriage was saved. Amen. I'm like, just from that word of encouragement, nobody in here is getting a divorce. I was like, who? Because the enemy came into my family and tried to destroy it. Tried to cut somebody out. But God wouldn't have it. I waited on the Lord Most High. I waited and he heard my cry. Woo! Okay, praise God. That was just for Pastor Kirsten. Praise <laughs> the Lord. So the devourers rebuke. That's what I like when we, when we, when we turn the tide to God, that Pastor Daniel says the heavens are open. Oh. The devourer's rebuke and the time of favor has come. Whoa. Powerful. Right in line with the word of God. And the fourth thing, others will take notice. Others will notice and God will be glorified. You don't think people said, looked at what happened to me and said, man, God must be doing something in his life. I'm going to tell you, time does not allow me to tell you. I I told the other group for what happened this morning, my son sitting in that drum, drum crate. You know, I paid a serious price for that mess. You know, Dr. Marock, not Dr. Mar- Dr. Field. Pastor Field, when my son was 10 years old, snatched him out of the congregation, put him on the drums and said, boom, tack, boom, tack, boom, tack. Can you do that? And he went, yeah, boom, tack. He'd been playing drums ever since. Amen. My neighbors would come by my garage in the middle of the summer while I was working two jobs and say, man, your your son was really playing those drums. And I'm laying in a room trying to get some sleep between jobs and all I hear is all day long. I paid a price for that mess. Woo! But look what God has done. Caused aching to sin, and this is really, really good. And what causes us to withhold the tithe? Because this is important. Our desire is misplaced. We want when we want it. And that's not always the right time to get it. I got a job at the wrong time, and look what it resulted in. And you might get a... a, a it's not that God won't bless you, but you might get that television set that you always wanted and dreamed of. At the, the boat, the house... And stuff We don't do nothing that would ever affect our time. We don't do that. We don't mess around. We sometimes don't realize the enormity of our sin. We think it's some little thing. Oh, you know, out of the whole big city, they won't miss this little bit of gold and this little bit of iron and this robe. They won't miss none of that. It didn't matter what, what he took. If he would have took just the robe, still the same thing would have happened to him. You know, you gotta be careful that what you're doing, oh, it's just me. It's only and it's gonna hurt anybody but myself. You know, and your sin is hurting your whole family. Right. Don't do it. Amen. And you realize that you're gonna be judged for what you do. We will all be judged for what we do, yeah. we will all give account you got to know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Look, I want to set you free this morning. I want you you to allow God in your life to speak to you. I'm not asking you to look for me, you know, to listen to what I'm saying. I've only said what I said so that you would hear the voice of God saying, because some people out here are bound by alcohol, and God's getting them to set free, and you've been giving all your money to the devil, and you won't tithe to God. You know, I used to sit in a bar all night didn't care how much I spent wow. and I was trying to kill myself. Wow. Some of y'all smoking up a storm and marijuana is even worse than cigarettes as far as your lungs go. Right. They don't want to tell you that and stuff but that's the God's honest truth yeah. and you can look that up online. Right. Okay and they're telling you oh this is for your health. Yeah and they're trying to kill you. Right. And so oh yeah let me change my my reality. I know there's mental medical Reasons for marijuana, but there is forms of what is medical and marijuana in appeal and it won't get you high okay. I'm telling me you got to Walk around in a stupor all day because of your pain in your body. There's other ways to fight and stuff. if you let God in your life man If you tithe and gifts will open up the windows of heaven for you and make a way for you You know when I cried out to God about my weight finally no, years I've just been blowing up. <laughs> you live in Hawaii, man. You just eat all day long. You know what I'm saying? You know, then I came here, man, and they introduced me to moose and, and salmon, man. I'm just, I'm just sucking up everything because we add rice to everything. And I'm just like rice, man. It's just like, I'm just blowing up, man. And, and finally I said, God, you know, when I was weighing 235 pounds, I'm saying, God, I need your help. I, I don't know how to stop eating. You know? <laughs> but God came up and designed a diet for me. He just came out of nowhere with the keto diet. I ain't trying to promote keto, because keto don't work for everybody. But it worked for me. I got to eat bacon. And I got to eat meat. I'm still eating bacon. I'm still eating meat. And it's like, it's wonderful. It's the the the, the diet that's designed for Pastor So I just go ahead and believe that he did it all for me. I'm going to tell you something. God will do it all for you. When you're in a courtroom and somebody's trying to take your kids, God will show up. Whether you got a lawyer or not, God is the lawyer. Hallelujah. He's the advocate. He will step up and say, wait a minute. You're not the judge. I'm the judge. He showed up for me in a courtroom. He'll show up for you. God shows up in a courtroom no matter what you're going through in life. You are never alone. I don't care who's threatening you. Oh, Jesus. Oh, man, the enemy's job is to threaten you. He appears as a roaring lion seeking him he may devour. Don't let him get you. Stand strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You put on the whole armor of God and you stand against the wiles of the devil. Man, I know I had messed up on that job when they fired me. You know, I dropped to my knees. I went, God, this ain't got nothing to do with them. Let's straighten this mess out between me and you. The next thing you know, the person that fired me, I'm pay- making more money than he is. Yeah, wow. Next time he sees me, and he's going like, wow, there must really be a God. Yeah. Yeah. And like, shoo, your Kung Fu is weak, but God's Kung Fu is strong, baby. All those who watched Kung Fu theater when it was growing up, man, they understand what I Praise the Lord. Um. I want to tell you this in a moment I'm going to give an altar call you can't become and do what God has called you to become and do you can't be the mother that he's called you to do you can't be the father that he's called you to do to be you can't be the family that he's called you to be without him and if you no matter what your circumstances is no, no matter what's going on in your life if you will stand with God and agree with him he will stand with you And he'll put up a shield around about you that the enemy can't penetrate. And whatever comes in your life to try to destroy you, he'll come for it. Mess it up and be glorified. Uh, You won't get the glory because they know it wasn't little you. But whatever your mountain is, whatever your giant is, God will destroy it for you. You need to obey him. You need to obey him in the time. You need to obey him in every area of your life. Because God is really, honestly and sincerely, Trying to bless you. I hope you got something out of the message this morning. Hallelujah. God's going to be glorified in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're facing trouble today, I want to pray for you. Because my God is the God of the courtroom. He's the God of trouble. Hallelujah. When your ex comes against you, God will come against them. I don't care how much money they got or how powerful they are. Hallelujah. God wants to bless you this morning, but your first step in you being receiving the blessing of God is you to humble yourself before the Lord. I mean, the doctors might have already sent you home to die, but I'm telling you that they are not the right doctor. There's no better healer than the original manufacturer, the one who made you. You don't take your Maytag to the, to the, to the, um, to the plumber. Okay, well, you might take it to the plumber. but You don't take it to the automobile caddy. You know, and you don't take it to to Sears. You take it back to Maytag because they got the best chance of fixing it. they the ones designed it and made it. The best one that's got a chance of fixing you no matter what the book saying, incurable, no, you can't do it for the rest of your life, all that mess, you'll always be an alcoholic, you'll always be a slave, you'll always be this, you'll always be that, you'll never have success. Skip all that mess, go back, get on your hands and knees, go back to the original manufacturer and say, God, fix me, fix my circumstance, fix my situation. He's an ever present help in time of trouble. And if you have trouble, hallelujah, and God is your help, you are greatly helped. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. So, first of all, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to accept Jesus. You need to go ahead and, and He told Joshua, He says, when Joshua asked him, He said, Are you for me or against me? He said, Neither. I'm the Lord, of the, I'm the captain of the army of the Lord of hosts, check. Are you with me or? against me you know I recommend you being with me and Joshua recognized who was standing in front of you God is standing in, in front of you this morning knocking at your door wanting to give you help but you have to receive his help okay or maybe you know that you ain't following God like you used to follow remember I got fired I wasn't following God like I should have been well we got that mess straight and then I got blessed God wants to straighten out that mess right now, today. So if you're here today and you want to receive Jesus for the first time, or you want to rededicate your life to him, simply raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. Anybody want to, don't be looking around at other people. You better get your stuff straight with God. Hallelujah. Anybody else want to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Hallelujah. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else want to come to the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. God's trying to beat your enemy up for you. Okay. Praise God. Won't you stand with me as we close service this morning? Hallelujah. I want everybody to reaffirm their faith along with those who raise their hand and repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm asking you this morning to forgive me for all my mistakes. Forgive me for all my sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Write my name in your book of life. Make heaven my home. Thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayer. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. In Jesus' name, let me pray for you. All those who prayed that prayer and believed it, said it out loud, believed it in their heart, are saved. Your destination is no longer a place of outer darkness called hell, but it's a place. Of blessing it's Canaan land it's a place called heaven hallelujah and God is going to help you from this day forth may you never may never any of us ever run away from God again but when we make a mistake and when we slip and fall that we will run to God to receive mercy grace forgiveness restoration love and salvation hallelujah I ask these things in Jesus name now let me pray for you as a congregation Father, we will be that people that obey you. In every area of our lives, God, we're going to walk right. Because we know when we start to do right things, God, you bless us. You make a way for us where there seems to be no way. And you defeat all of our enemies. We will obey you in the time. And we will obey you in every other area of our life. We will not look at our sin like it's some little thing that's allowed. Some little thing in the darkness. No, it's all big. Hallelujah. We want all our family to be saved. We want everything restored to us, Lord, that the enemy has stolen. So we're going to live right. We're going to walk right. We're going to pray. We're going to read. We're going to stay in contact with you, God. Hallelujah. We're going to obey you when you speak to us, God. We're going to be the church. We're not just going to come to church. We're not going to do some religious thing. Hallelujah. We will be your people, and you will be our God in Jesus' name. Now, before I dismiss, If you need prayer after this service, as of the leave, you come. I will pray for you Uh, because I have an anointing to pray for people, especially people in trouble, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, no matter what the anguish is, where people are facing court stuff, I'm, I'm all over that. I will help you, okay? So if you need prayer, come to rest. Hallelujah, God bless you. And so for everybody in here, the Lord bless you and keep you cause his face to shine upon you. Lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Come tonight at 6. Dr. David will be preaching tonight. I wouldn't miss it for anything in the world. God bless you. And if you need prayer, come on. Hallelujah. Yes, ma'am.